0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Vivian Blade about the difference in being an influencer or being an influential leader. Vivian Blade, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
1: Hi, John. Great to be with you. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm super excited to be chatting with you today. We've been preparing for this for a while now. And today we're going to be talking about the difference in being an influencer versus being an influential leader. We'll dissect that, pull that apart, and try to better understand what we can really do to make sure that we are having the best most meaningful impact that we can possibly have as a leader. As we get started, I wanted to share Vivian's bio with everybody. Recognized as one of Engaged Lee's top 100 global HR influencers in 2021, Vivian Blade is a sought after leadership expert and thought leader. She works with the world's top brands, equipping leaders with the resilience that inspires them to recover quickly in the face of ongoing disruption and thrive in spite of insurmountable odds. Her impact is felt as a frequent speaker for association conferences and in delivering transformative leadership development programs, uh, executive coaching, and consulting for corporations. What a wonderful background. It's a pleasure to have you. Anything else you would like to share with listeners by way of your background before we launch on into the conversation?
1: Uh, I would just say that a lot of my corporate career experience, having worked for GE and uh, Humana, uh, top top four company me a lot of, of leadership experience and um, you know, the work I do today is based a lot on that um, you, those years of experience that I've had.
0: Yeah, yeah, thank you for that background and context and uh, I, I think with all of the richness of experience that you've had, uh, which of course will include, um, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and at times missteps, and you've seen good examples and bad examples, and I'm sure you've had times where you have um, let out in good ways and less effective ways. All of that you know, informs the way we move forward, and that's, that's super important and super helpful. Um, as we get started, uh, perhaps you can share with us your perspective on why influence is so important for leaders today in the, this current world of work.
1: John, that's such an important question. And as you think about that, as, you, as we really consider how things have changed in our environment uh, over the past couple of years, and, and then even going before the pandemic, well before that, the shift in the generations in the workplace and what employees expect in their workplace, what they expect for, from leaders has dynamically Change for us. So, you know, I, I recall as I started my career, there was a very different style of leadership, more directive style of leadership, telling us, you know, what to do, when to be there, be there eight hours a day, five days a week. You know, we were on all, all the time. You know, you work more than your 40 hours. That was ex- expected of you. I mean, even it if was, you it was kind
0: your- of a, a butts and seats, yeah. walk around, <laughs> monitor people, make sure they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. And like you said, directive. I think it's right. a good way to describe that.
1: Yeah. Right, right. And now we find that professionals expect so much more of a participative or coaching style of leadership for from the people that they work for. And influence then becomes a critical soft skill in order to be able to lead that way. So as leaders, we've got to shift our mindset. We've got to be ready for the time that we're in and the time ahead. And if we really want to retain employees and create workplaces that I that I say are a place where people want to work and they feel valued, then we've got to lead differently. We've got to be leaders who are resilient in how we influence.
0: Yeah. So let's, let's talk about that and and pull that apart a bit. I know in your books and your workshops, you talk about the difference in being an influencer versus actually being influential. Um, What do you mean by that? What's the difference? Why does it matter? And then we'll start to dive into like what we can really do to, to have more impact.
1: Sure. So when I think about an influencer, and many of us can think about different examples that we've been through in our personal lives, in many instances, I'm going to use sort of a, a general analogy here to help us get an, a feel for what I mean by being an influencer. So, you know, you've been to a, a car lot, you've been to a, a store, you know, any retail store, uh, I'm not picking on retail, uh, but, you know, lots of different Experiences that we've had, where we have felt like we have been manipulated to some degree, or that someone is trying to push their agenda on us, um, and and you know that doesn't feel good. That feels uncomfortable. Um, So that's the extreme of, of being an influencer. But there are times when we all are influencers, and here's what I mean by that: there are tactics. We've got these these psychologists and and these these experts in. Persuasion and influence tactics and approaches. Cialdini is one of those. Robert Cialdini, uh, Claudio Fesser is another one that you can read their works. And they talk about these, these effective influence strategies that all of us may use sometimes where we are trying to use our authority potentially, or we're making our case. We're using likability. We are, um, You know, using these different approaches. And there are times when we all will do that in an ethical way. We are influential, and that is different because we want to think about the values and how we live and how we engage and how we interact with other people, Um, the character that we have, that foundation of relationships that gives us more to lean on when we need to pull out an influence tactic or an approach when we need a decision made, or we need to persuade someone that, yeah, this is, this is a good directive. Uh, I need you to go along with me. Will they trust us? What do they know about us? What equity do we have in that relationship or from other people that we may know that help give us the credibility to be influential in those circumstances rather than depend on influence tactics at that given point in time.
0: Yeah. And let's drill in on that for just a minute, because I think that's hugely important. That's probably really the foundation to all of this, right? Um, So there is a big difference between these influence tactics, like manipulative tactics, um, using carrot and stick, fear-based leadership, all of these types of things you can influence people and you can get them to do things uh and fall in line. Um, but none of those elements have at the foundation trust, mutual accountability, and um and responsibility to each other. Uh, none of those have this component of of relational equity and and uh making sure that that we have the shared expectation of of supporting each other and it, it there there's necessarily uh, a disconnect um, in that style when you're using those types of tactics. And can you move the needle and can you get people to do stuff and to comply? Yes. Will you get people to trust you and be committed to the cause and to go above and beyond? Um, Probably not. Uh, You you might for some, uh, because many people are just big hearted and they're willing to do their all regardless of the, the situation. But by and large you're not going to have sustainable committed effort from people yeah. uh when when that's the case awesome. and so um moving away from that and, and not just relying on manipulation machiavelli types of approaches and and shrewdness and political maneuvering all of those sorts of things those are realities in every organization and there are leaders that play those games yeah, um, right. but but most people um appreciate openness transparency they appreciate um just being dealt with in a straight way right and not not Mm -hmm. not playing games with them and when you do that you build your credibility you build your reputation you build trust Mm -hmm. with those around you which is a currency you build over time so that when the time comes that you have to Lean on people. Um, you need their support for some initiative or some big project or whatever that people are going to be more willing to step up to the plate uh, without coercion. Right.
1: Right. That, that's absolutely right. And that's when we can use those tactics ethically when we've got that foundation of, of trust. All those things that you described, John, are absolutely right on. Right on. hmm.
0: So, so let's talk about uh, five key principles for building influence that you talk about in your book. Uh, what are those principles and what are some specific things that leaders can do, like the actions they can take to really scale their influence and and have greater impact as they're working with their teams and with their organizations?
1: Yeah, there's, there's a mantra that I like to use that is, influence is more about how you live than what you do. Influences more about how you live than what you do and so therefore these principles uh, also connects to the servant leadership you know all, all of the things that we're talking about here but there are five key principles for how we become more influential and i use this scale acronym as a framework because we can scale or elevate our influence for greater impact and the scale framework is the S is for social capital. I'll tell you what the framework is, and then I'll come back and briefly describe some of these things. And then we can talk about what some of those strategies are. So the S is for social capital. The C is for courage. A is for our authenticity. The L is for leaning in with passion. And the E is engaging a diverse and inclusive workplace community all of those are critically important uh, for us to build that foundation of influence. So within those, let's talk about a few ways that you can build your influence. I'm going to give you three You know, out of those five with the time that we have uh, together today. And feel free, John, to ask any other questions. We can dive into these uh, deeper as you would like. But um, Let's start with the S, the social capital. And as you were describing the relationship building, the trust that you create over time, we do that by making sure that we are investing in those relationships with other people. We're making a difference. We are selflessly adding value to others. We are doing things without an expectation for a return of anything, knowing that karma, right? Good will come back to you eventually, but that's not our intention that we do good for for good. Um, I was on another podcast interview and we're talking about how sometimes people say, well, well, that's not my job. I'm not going to help over here because that's not my job. But when we have at our heart, the purpose, the mission of our organization wanting to do our best and serve customers with everything that we have to give then it's not individualistic you know it's not all about my particular department my goal but it's about the collective effort that we put together that helps us to make the extraordinary extraordinary organizations that we are and the service that we can deliver to customers makes them want to be part of and do business with us and be part of our brands. So, you know, that's, that's social capital. And that's the first action I want to give you today is to selflessly add value. The C for courage uh, helps us to embrace the the challenge um, that we sometimes face. And sometimes it's hard to do things differently or stand up Uh, differently when others around us are are pressuring us maybe to conform to a culture that we're in. So I encourage you to really challenge your culture. Look at where you are. How do people influence in your organization? Is it positive? Is it constructive? Or are there more uh, negative influences where you have people who are leaving because of the poor leadership? So I encourage you to challenge yourself, challenge your culture, be willing to to speak up if things are not right, um, and to do the, the right thing in your leadership.
0: I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, Bluer Than Indigo Leadership and produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. That can be really difficult. Um, you know, we 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 all want, I think, to be to do right by others and we all want to be courageous. But when the where the rubber meets the road, and we have to make a choice whether to push back um, up the hierarchy, um, or we have to decide to stay silent, or <clears throat> to take a passive aggressive approach, or you know whatever. Um, you know the the range of choices are when we see something that we feel you know is not right or needs to be changed, adjusted, or fixed. <clears throat> Ultimately, as we have that social capital, as you mentioned, as we built that. Uh, and filled that well over time, so we have a a bigger bank of capital, uh, then that gives us a chance, I think, to have that influence when the difficult times come, when the challenging uh, issues arise, when we have those moral and ethical dilemmas that we need to face, and and, in acknowledging and calling out problems um, in a way where people know you have the best interests of everyone at heart, uh, right. It's it's a hard thing to call someone out, especially if they're a good friend or colleague, um, because people tend to get defensive very quickly, even, you know, regardless of your intentions, um, even if you have no intention of, of, you know, specifically calling them out, if you point out a problem or an error or something that needs to be adjusted or fixed people often will take that very personally. And so it really can strain relationships. And unless you have that trust and that social capital in place in the beginning, um, it doesn't matter uh, how much courage you have, because you're not going to be terribly influential or impactful. And frankly, if you don't have that social capital, most people won't have the courage to do it in the first place.
1: That's right. That's right. And, and you have to have that, that base, that social capital uh, in place so that you can, can do that. You also have to role model, you know, are you just pointing other people out? And that's why I encourage you to, to check yourself first, turn the mirror on yourself first. And are you role modeling the type of behavior you want to see and that we, we need, we try to shift our patients to create better workplaces. So... Good. Um, So I appreciate your emphasis on that. The other uh, area that I'd like, I want to touch on one other than I want to dive into to the E, but authenticity is another one that's really important. And you had a recent guest that talked a lot about authenticity. And so I won't spend a lot of time there. I encourage people to go back and listen to that particular interview that you did. But um, I want to encourage people on authenticity to learn to be adaptable and not artificial. So learn to be adaptable, not artificial. So I'm just gonna gonna put a, a a cross the T and dot the I on the other interview on that.
0: And, and can I just add to that? Um, yeah. I like the way you frame that because authenticity doesn't mean we have to stay consistent over time. Uh, we find ourselves in different circumstances and different contexts, and frankly our understanding of the world around us changes over time. And and so being adaptable is super important. I need to be authentic to myself. I need to be true to myself, my my values. Um, And if I'm not, that shows up very quickly when I'm trying to lead my team and people don't want to follow those who aren't being authentic. Uh, But that doesn't mean I have to hold to the same narrative or the same uh, uh, opinion and view of things uh, and in fact, great leaders are always learning. They're always trying to gather new information, and they're allowing themselves to be influenced by the data, by the influence that's out there. And that's the mark of a great leader. Uh, so, being adaptive, I think, is super important.
1: Yes, and we are always learning and, and growing, and we should allow that to help us to grow personally and adapt our our style, um, our character. Our values are influenced by those things as, as we go through different experiences, as we lead in different ways, as, as those elements inform us. And I'm going to touch on the L, leaning in with passion, then, Jonathan, because you really kind of touched on that with all the information and insight and being intentional about being aware of what's going on around us and learning from that because with leaning in with passion, I encourage people to grow your expertise, to always be a learner, a lifelong learner, learn and grow. Don't feel like you have to be the one who knows everything or, uh, or, in a politically sensitive environment where you feel like you have to show up as competent, no, you can still be competent, but you're gonna be more competent as you continue to develop and grow and learn and, and seek opportunities to read these podcast uh, interviews like the discussion we're having today um, being a part of industry associations and being active in, in that all help you to grow. Even outside of your regular role in organization where you are volunteering in your community for boards and, and giving back. And we grow and develop that way as well. So you, you hit right on that. So I had to give a, another nugget there for everyone on on that one. So that's the L and let's look at the the e in the scale framework which is engaging a diverse and inclusive workplace community and you know inclusion and diversity and equity is such a hot topic now but i, I encourage you to not let it just die with with the time as the buzz begins to wane but the importance of including and valuing everyone in your workplace. There's so much talent and people are are making decisions to, to leave organizations because they don't feel engaged or included. So I encourage you to make sure that you are being intentional about changing your culture and accepting, receiving, including, involving people and, and how do we do that? So my specific action for you on this one is to unleash community influence. If we want to be more influential as leaders, then we've got to extend that influence to other people. We're not the sage on the stage or, or the director of, of everything all the time. We've got to give some empowerment to the people who are on our team. They have to have some accountability. Leverage that, give them that accountability. Let other people know that you've got experts, you've got people that you trust and and depend on, and who can take good care of what needs to be done, how they need to represent your team in the broader organization. So unleash that community influence. Coach your team members so that they are equipped to be able to. Engage and lead, even if they are not leaders by title, you know, let them know and coach them in, in being leaders in their role. So I encourage you to, to just make sure that you are not keeping it all to yourself or think that you have to, but that you can share that influence and that will give you even greater influence.
0: Yeah. And it really does build on itself, right? Um, the, the more um, of these different aspects that you talked about in the scale model uh, that you develop over time, uh, the, the more power and influence you're going uh, to have to make a positive impact on those around you and to lead a successful team, a successful organization. That's what we all want. Uh, last thing I want to touch on before we close today is really what the influential leader can do in the current context that we find ourselves in. We're in the middle of this great resignation. Um, It's a tight labor market. Organizations are having a really hard time filling open positions. How, you know, attracting and retaining really good people is really tough. So what what can uh, we do, you know, in developing our own influence as leaders to help solve this challenge we're facing with the great resignation?
1: We have to start with how do we retain employees? Because that's going to be our least- Costly, right? If we can keep the people that we have, it costs a lot more to have to uh, recruit and train and orient new employees. So let's first focus on what can we do to make sure that we are retaining the employees that work for us today. And I would say we have to lead differently if we really think about these scale principles that I've talked about today and how that can create a different culture. And I want you to keep in mind this, this goal that I say that we want to create workplaces where people want to work and feel valued. You have to ask yourself, do we have that kind of work environment? Are you listening to your employees? Are you pulsing what the employee ex- experience is? And are you doing something about what you hear? Are you challenging your leadership competencies? Are you challenging the values? Are you living the values that you say are so important for your organization? How are they being modeled? And then are you developing your leaders to be able to model those values, to be able to lead differently, to be able to lead in this different environment that we're in with a different set of expectations that professionals have for their workplaces and the people that they work for? Um, so what are you doing around leadership development, around ongoing development, around accountability? Um so those are some of the key areas that I think, first of all, we have to address. And then we know that there's so much back and forth with people today about who do you work for? how What's it like to work for them? Um, and we've got all of these platforms now, Glassdoor, for example, where people can get firsthand information from people who work for you about what their experience is. So what are you doing to, one again, understand what your your reputation is as an employer, and taking care of the people who are inside so that you are, um, when those recommendations come, you know you're getting positive recommendations, and then the 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 other thing I would add to that is. Back on the the E, engaging a diverse and inclusive workplace community. What are you doing to really be engaging? What are you doing to be diverse? What are you doing to truly be inclusive? Because people can feel it. They know uh, it stands out in your brand. And if you do not have intention, really true intention behind the diversity, equity, and inclusion Efforts that you are putting forth today, and you're not thinking about them in terms of true culture change for your organization and the way we work for you know forever, then you don't have a sustainable model. What you're doing will not sustain your workplace, and you're going to continue to have the revolving door. So you've got to be serious about it. You've got to to, to do do uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion from the highest levels and model that. I've talked about modeling behavior so much today, but truly modeling that with the, with the greatest intention is critical.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Very well said, Vivian. It, it has been a pleasure. I note the time and we're about out of time for today, but before we close, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about your work, your books, and then give us the final word on the topic for today.
1: All right, absolutely. Uh, my website is vivianblade.com, vivianblade.com. Uh, you'll find tons of information there. But if you also want to dive in more on this topic of being an influence, influential leader, then I encourage you to also visit the website influencewithscale.com. Influencewithscale.com. You can find Influence and Talent Development, which is the book on Amazon. It's there. Uh, This is a book that's been published by the Association for Talent Development as part of a soft skills series. And they thought influence was such an important part of of that, um, that they uh, had me author this book for this series. Uh, So you can find more information about that. I'd also encourage you if you're interested in how to be more resilient leader uh, resilient influential leader Resilienceready.Today dot today is another website where there are tons of resources and information and resilience ready the leader's guide to thriving through unrelenting crises is that that book that i uh introduced earlier this year so you can find that there
0: Thank you so much, Vivian. It has been a pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Vivian can do for you, check out her books. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe. They can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership